Welcome to the Instinct Performance Podcast, where we talk all things performance. This podcast covers various topics such as sports psychology, strength training, speed training, and mental performance. This podcast also shares uncut interviews from Olympic, professional, and high-performance athletes and coaches. Don't just listen to the knowledge and wisdom from this show. Practically apply what you learn from each episode and watch your sports performance skyrocket. Listen up, take notes, take action. Let's get it poppin'. All right, we are live. Hello and welcome to the Instinct Performance Podcast. I'm extremely excited to welcome Lou Pope to the show. Uh, I'm going to give him a bombing introduction before we get into it. Uh, Lou is a former Major League pitcher and World Series champion with the Los Angeles Angels. After beginning his pro playing career in 1990 with the San Francisco Giants, Lou worked his way up the ranks with the Montreal Expos St. Louis Cardinals, LA Angels, while also playing around the world for Canada, Japan, and Taiwan. He is currently the head of player development for the Okotoks Dogs Baseball Academy in Canada and an associate scout for the San Diego Padres. I'm almost out of breath. That was uh, a good introduction, and we didn't even scratch the surface there. So thanks for coming on the show, Lou. Well, thanks for having me. So I think we're going to, of course, you're a pitcher, so we have to dive into that. So I think we'll dive into sort of the physical side of pitching uh, and then maybe the mental side. And of course, I know you've got a couple of cool stories. So we'll uh, we'll go that direction as well, if that works for you. Yeah, that's perfect. Sweet. So just to we'll build some report with the listeners. Uh, Could you just give us sort of a, a brief timeline of your career? So maybe from pre-draft to getting drafted to working through the minors and then eventually up to the major leagues. Can you sort of just yeah. guide us through how that unfolded? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think it really started, you know, obviously like every uh, kid growing up in, in, in the States, I'm actually, you know, from Chicago originally, uh, you know, played high school ball, you know, four years, played football, basketball. And then I, uh, I think it was, you know, my dream was always to play Major League Baseball, but, you know, you kind of, you know, you don't really pay attention to that stuff. I, I know I didn't. And I think there was one kid in my conference that was uh, actually a uh, second-round pick of the Blue Jays who I had play, I'd played with growing up, uh, Brent Bowers. And that was really the first time where I was like, you know, he got drafted you know, pretty high. I didn't, you know, didn't, I didn't know anything about the draft because uh, I didn't really pay attention to it. I didn't even know how you went about it because I was just a kid playing baseball growing up and, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, and my, se- my my senior year, so, you know, grade 12 in Canada, uh, I think, uh, you know, I had a pretty good year and then, uh, you know, going into the state playoffs, uh, I pitched really well. My team did really well. Uh, we went, I think we went further than any team in, in uh, the history of our school, my school, and I was the 100th graduating class. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I had gotten, I, or after the game, after our last game we lost, uh, I pitched pretty good and I got the loss. But I had, uh, back at my school, I got a, a, a thing on my locker saying that I was invited to a Pittsburgh Pirates trial camp uh, at Kishwaukee College in uh, Malta, Illinois, about an hour and a half uh, northwest of Chicago. Um, that was really the first time where I was like, hmm, you know, uh, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Ended up going to the trial camp. Uh, doing really well and you know the Pirates wanted to sign me for you know basically a plane ticket and uh, that's it and just a chance to you know live out your dream uh, and luckily my college coach came to, uh, up to me and talked to me and and convinced me to go, uh, end up to go to uh, school there and play there. Uh, I went there as you know shortstop slash uh, pitcher. Um, I wasn't a very good hitter um, played some shortstop and then eventually found my niche uh, as a pitcher. And, you know, I played two seasons there. My first year I, I got drafted. Uh, I had a really good year. I was, I think it was like, you know, 8-0 uh, with like 13 saves and like a one-something ERA. And I got drafted in the 29th round. Um, and, you know, I didn't really care 
I just got drafted. I didn't even look at the round. I was all I wanted to do was sign. Um, the scout came in, told me I was. Uh, they wanted me to go back to school, so I went back to school. Had same, pretty much the same year, and uh, they still wanted me to. Uh, and so after the after the season, I ended up signing. So uh, the journey began. Uh, played with the Giants for, I think, four years. Uh, had had so, shoulder surgery after my second full season. Um, and then I was lucky enough to put, be put on the 40 man roster of the year. This, uh, and then going into spring training, it was the strike year. So, uh, you know, had abbreviated spring training, uh, went to double A with the Giants. And then, uh, you know, come June 20th, I think it was, I got traded to the Montreal Expos, um, played for them for a couple of years and uh, got to see. Uh, that was actually very humbling getting uh, when I went to the Expos. Uh, because going to spring training the following year was like, wow, there's some unbelievable arms and, and, and players, right? Uh, and with them, like, you know, you know, my second year with them, we, uh, or first full season with them, uh, with the Expos, was lucky enough to be on the Eastern League champion, Harrisburg Senators. Uh, we had some pretty good players on that team. Vladdy Guerrero, who was, uh, I think he turned 20 during the season. Uh, just unbelievable to watch him at that age, how good he was. Uh, Brad Fulmer, Bob Henley, uh, the guys that played uh, Jose Vidro, Mike Thurman, uh, Javier Vasquez, like just an unbelievable team. Uh, so uh, played with them and then went, went to spring training the next year, got released, uh, went home, worked for the city, did some odd jobs, played for a summer ball team. And then I got picked up with uh, the Cardinals in August, uh, pitched for them for a year. They didn't want to resign me. And then uh, probably the best thing that could ever happen to me, I ended up signing with the, the Angels, going to double A, probably statistically like one of my worst years, but uh, I ended up winning pitcher of the year in Midland. Uh, and I was, I think it was like nine and 11 with like a high four, ERA maybe might even been a five, but I was, I started out in the bullpen, but it was the first time that I had get, gotten the uh, opportunity to go out there and, and, and pitch high, uh, high pitch counts deep in the games. I ended up, uh, I think I led the minor leagues and uh, complete games. And I think I had like eight or nine complete games, three shutouts uh, in a, in a hitter's park. So it was something, it was a statistically, like I said, it wasn't one of my best years, but it was uh uh, very rewarding because uh, I I learned a lot about myself. I learned how you know you know that you know it's not all about you just trying to give your team a chance to win, and especially in a hitter's ballpark and hitter's league in the Texas League, uh, that was something that I did every single time, and, and wasn't worried about you know uh, how many runs I gave up or any any of that. I was just it, all that matters is if we won, um, and a lot of times I did I gave my chance my team a chance to win. Um, and then moving from there, the next year, I remember uh, I, I was a minor league free agent. I told the Angels that I wanted to sign with them. And only thing I wanted was a job in winter ball and a non-roster invitee if I wasn't put on the 40-man roster to go to big league spring training. They gave me both. Uh, went down to Venezuela, pitched, you know, you know continued the uh, pitching good uh, down there. And then went to big league camp and pitched really good. And then... That's where my journey to Edmonton or to Canada started. Uh, our AAA team was in Edmonton. Uh, got off to, you know, bumpy start and then pitched really well. And then mid-August or actually or the first week in August, I think it was my mom's birthday, actually. Um, we were playing in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, I pitched the night before. I went seven innings. I had like uh, seven innings shutout. And then I hit batter, walk batter. Uh, hit batter again, and then a guy, uh, guy hit a grand slam off me, so I ended up getting a no decision. Uh, next night, the next day, you know, go to the field, do all my thing, get back to the hotel, and there's my lights blinking. Uh, and it was a message from Carney Lansford, our manager, saying that uh, I needed to give him a call. I called him and, you know, didn't really know what, was, what, was, what he was going to say as I was pitching good, and I didn't think I was pitching good enough to get called up. And uh, he told me that uh, the Angels needed me in Anaheim. So it was uh, after about nine years in the minors, it was uh, anytime you hear that is, you know, there's so many things going through my head. But that was the, uh, 
that was a night I'll never forget. And, and one of the coolest things was being able to call my mom and dad and tell them that, uh, you know, I was getting called up to the big leagues for the first time. And, uh, and then it was just, you know, getting up there and, and I had nothing to lose and, and basically go up there and show them what I could do for a month and a half. So, or two months and, uh, you know, and I, I did really well when I went up there and, and they stuck with me, you know, you know, it wasn't always easy, uh, in Anaheim, uh, you know, like the, the, my first year I stayed, I stayed up the year. I ended up being the closer at the end because Troy Percival got, uh, had to have sh uh, shoulder surgery. So Joe Madden was our interim coach. You know, a lot of things happened my first year. Uh, I was there for about a week, uh, and Terry Collins, our manager, got fired. Uh, and then, you know, we got Joe Madden, who's, who had been with the organization forever and, and, and is, you know, to this day is, is still, you know, an unbelievable uh, influence in my career and just, you know, talking to me about believing in myself. And, and I, I think you can pitch in the big leagues for a long time. Um, but that was a, as a rookie, that's something that, you, that, that goes a long way. Um, and then, you know, the next year I was up and down, I, I don't even know how many times it was frequent flyer miles, but it was, you know, you get, you had to earn, I didn't pitch good right away. I made team out of spring training. And then the next, you know, I was up and down all year. And then the next year I made the team out of spring training and then I was up all year. So, and that was one of my best years uh, where I, you know, I, I pitched, I started two games. I uh, pitched, I think I had 90, 90 or 89 innings out of the bullpen. Uh, but that was my job to kind of, you know, do whatever they needed, uh, pitch whenever they needed. Uh, I, you know, no days off if I needed it and a lot of days off if, if I wasn't pitching well and, and it was safe situations where, you know, the, the, uh, guy, the veterans that they trusted were in the, uh, that they were, those were the innings that they got. So I was just trying to earn those innings. Um, and then the next year, you know, is, uh, you know, something that as a, you know, playing in the big leagues, but then, you know, having the opportunity to, uh, to be on a, a, be a part of a team that wins the world series was, uh, was awesome because it couldn't have happened to a bunch a greater group of guys, uh, that, you know, had been through the, you know, some disappointing seasons with high expectations and, and didn't reach them and then put it all together with a couple parts here and there moved in, in, uh, you know, 2002 and ended up uh, winning the world series was, uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's super special. And even I'm getting emotional just, just hearing that story. And that's the first time I've heard it. And it's just like, a constant relentless pursuit towards something that you knew you wanted to do. And maybe you didn't know what the path would look like. Um, and I was going to start on the physical side, but I think we'll probably jump right into the mental side after, after hearing all of that. Um, and just going back, I think you mentioned like I got released and then I went back home and worked for the city and wasn't really sure, you know, what, what was going to happen. So when you're going through that, maybe dark time. It's your first time. You're still young, getting released. Um, and we've got a lot of, I think we've got close to a hundred minor leaguers down here. And some of, some of them were released because of COVID. Yeah. Um, can you just speak to that and sort of what you, what sort of kept you, you know, laser focused on what you wanted to do? It doesn't matter how it happens, but I know what I want to do. Um, I, well, you know, it, it was, it wasn't so, it wasn't so much when, when I got, when I got released, uh, like I knew, cause I had called, uh, I had before the season, I had called uh, the farm director and, and I had said, you know, I want to, I, I just want a fair shot in spring training. I didn't realize you guys got a lot of arms and, you know, I'm going to, you know, double A, I got to make the double A team. I'm assuming, you know, cause I wasn't there that much. And, and I, you know, I pitched pretty good when I got traded there, but, uh, I just wanted a fair shake, and, and if they didn't, if they weren't gonna uh, give me a fair shake and, and, and had any intentions of just keeping me there as an insurance policy in case somebody got hurt in spring training or guys weren't ready to go to Double A, uh, then I'd rather them release me and uh, give me a chance where I could sign somewhere where I was gonna get a fair shake. Uh, and that was just that was kind of my attitude at the time and being realistic with myself. Uh, now going to that spring training. Uh, I knew I had to, I knew I had to perform. Um, and you know, I, I pitched really well. I pitched a lot and, uh, it was literally like the last day of training. We, you, what happens is you go into the locker room and 
you know the days when you're gonna, when when there's these D days. Like whenever the big league team uh, sends guys down, that's one of the days. And then there's the last day. Uh, I think they acquired somebody in the big leagues, so it's a ripple down effect. I remember walking in the to the to the spring training complex in Lantana in Florida and. I looked at the rosters and my name was still on the AAA roster and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was going to go to, uh, I, I was going to go to Harrisburg, but what I didn't look at was the final rosters. Right. So I just looked at seeing my name. They hadn't put it up yet. So I just kind of calm, cool and collected. I walk over to my locker and I look at my locker and my locker's gone. Like there's no, my name tags not up there. My stuff's gone and all my buddies that are in the, you know, getting ready, look at me and then everybody kind of looks away and, and it's like, all right, I got to go see the minor league director. So I go in there and they tell me that, you know, that, you know, they release me and, and uh, you know, you, you, you go, you, they put you, they get your bag, you go on, a, uh, you get in the car with, or car with other guys to get released or van. Uh, they take you to exit physical. They took us to an exit physical so you can't come up with any, uh, you know, lawsuits or anything that they release you when you're hurt. Uh, go there, get, get that done. And they take you to a hotel room. The trainer watches you pack your stuff and then they take you to the airport. Um, this is, you know, this is 1995 or six, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's a little bit different now. Uh, but that, and I remember going home and, uh, you know, Ended up doing, like working with special events. I, you know, worked with my dad a little bit. Uh, and then I played for a team uh, guy out in this Chicago skyscraper league. It was probably the best league around. Um, and it was, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, guys that played at UIC, Illinois, Chicago played in the league. Uh, a lot of, you know, guys played maybe a little bit of minor league football, but there's a lot of college players. And it was just an opportunity for me to stay in shape and have fun like it was probably it was a blast you know I was throwing uh I was you know taking care of me I pitch you know went uh Tuesday Thursday and Saturday and he's like what games do you want to pitch and I, so I was like I'll pitch every game and uh so I ended up doing that and uh I got signed by the, the Cardinals because they, they had a, a Cardinal somebody told them that I was pitching and and it turns out that I was actually throwing harder uh, in, you know, I think it was in middle of July when they came to see me, like I was 94, you know, 93, 96. Uh, so it was like, I didn't even know because I had no gun on me and, uh, all summer. And I just was going out and playing with a lot of guys that I grew up playing with. And, and it was, it was a blast, but I remember watching TV and seeing guys that I played with. And that was the first time where I was like, you know what, like, I need this. I can pitch there. Yeah. And that was so so to go there, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, and there's games I got hit in this, in this, uh, summer league, but, uh, it was, uh, I, I remember seeing, sorry, I, I remember seeing guys and, and just, that's when I was like, you know what, I can pitch there. And that was my mindset. And that was the first time I remember going, you know what, uh, just, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Cause I like that, the, you know, when you first get released, you think that it's over. Right. Oh. Uh, the part, uh, the dream's over, uh, and then you, you're in a whirlwind of uh, of what's next. I don't, you know, you don't know. So uh, that, but I think seeing guys that I played with on TV and being happy for them, and and not, you know, just sitting there going, uh, you know, oh, he's not that good. Like I was like, he's he's pretty good, but I, you know, I'm I'm a good, I can I can do this. So uh, and then I just kept working, and then you know, working the phones, and you know, I had an agent at the time, and. Uh, I just started making calls myself, and I think that went that that went a long way with uh, with the Cardinals picking me up because I I was literally that was my you know if I, when, when I got home from work and I wasn't playing or going to work out uh, that's what I was doing I was calling calling teams leaving messages and and to, I think they you know they really respected that and you know you know a lot of teams didn't you know call back but you know I was persistent with it and. Uh, and I think that psyche of, of believing in yourself and fighting for yourself, um, if it's something that you really want to do, uh, really took me to another level, especially leading into next year when I when I did go sign with the Angels and having a pitch in Midland in, in the Texas League. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was you know, I, I, at times I wasn't pitching that good, but like I remember, you know, getting up, going to work, 
uh, coming home, going to the gym, and then sometimes going to pitch mm -hmm. uh, and doing it all over again the next day. I was like, I want to do this for a living as long as I can. And, and uh, that really, that really built uh, an inner strength in me that, uh, that I, I think, you know, I had having not gone through that, maybe I do get to the big leagues and, but maybe it's like, you know, once, you know, cup of coffee and then gone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. And you realize it's not the end of the world, right there, you know, and that was, that was the big thing. Cause I remember when I did sign with St. Louis at during, at the end of that summer, I went there and I, you know, it was like, that was my attitude. I'm, I'm going to show you, I got nothing to lose. I was relaxed and, and, and I, and I pitched really good. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, the thought process behind it. So everything happens for a reason. Uh, maybe not what you, the reason that you think, uh, you may agree with, but you know, like they say, you know, it doesn't define you. It's gonna, uh, you know, it's going to make you stronger and you just got to have that inner strength and that inner desire to, to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want, and maybe we can dig deep into how you built that belief. If you, if you actually know how, and, and part of it obviously was the process. And I was talking to uh, a guy yesterday uh, and he was uh, maybe late 30th round. So he kind of get, gets into the league and people are like, Oh yeah just sleep on this guy and he said man that was the best thing that ever happened to me because i got into almost like a not a dark place but i needed to get my mind right and get that edge and i think that's the only reason why uh, that guy having to play i think eight season and eight seasons in the big leagues and yeah and he was he dove a little deep into that and I, it was it was inspiring and i think there's a lot of people that listen to this and are like how how can i build that yeah, well, that, that's the thing too, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I was very calm. Like I was confident. Like when I, I remember I was, my, I went, I pitched my first year with the Giants. I uh, pitched in rookie ball. Didn't think I should have been there. I didn't even have a curveball that had teach me a curveball. I was basically a fastball split coming out of college. Um, you know, picked it up and then they said, you're going to stay in rookie ball. And I was, you know, I was pissed. Like I, you know, but it, I didn't, you know, I used it to my, it was like fuel. It was like, um, like jet fuel running through my body when I pitched. Right. Uh, and then, you know, so then I pitched there. I went to Everett Washington after about four or five starts in rookie ball, went up there, pitched, I think I had three starts there and I pitched even better, uh, against a lot of college hitters. Um, and then I got called up to San Jose, California for the playoffs. And that was, that was really cool because the, team that was on was uh they had the best record in minor league baseball and we ended up losing this to the brewers farm team in stockton in the first round but i pitched the last game and i, I came in and the game was uh i think that bases loaded in like the second inning one of the starters that pitched it won like 17 games mm -hmm. so like you could see the team kind of going oh my god they're gonna they're taking them out and then they put me in and i ended up getting out of it and then uh we end up uh, taking the lead, and then I held it. I pitched, I think, six innings in that game, uh, six or seven innings. So in the ninth, and then uh, we had, our closer came in, and, and we end up uh, even end up blowing the save. But that was like building blocks for the next year. And so I that was my first year, and then I went to Double A, and I, I think I turned twenty, yeah, twenty in Double A. But I was, you know. You're, the Giants had, had traditionally called up a lot of guys from Double A, so I went there and I pitched out of the pen. That was the first time I really, I mean, other than college, like the you know that whole season, the first my whole first season in the in the uh, uh, with the Giants in the minor leagues, I was a starter until the playoffs in San Jose. So they put me uh, in the bullpen in uh, in uh, Shreveport in Double A, and I pitched really good, and then. Uh, I end up, uh, that's where my shoulders started bothering me a little bit. Uh, but you know, I just, and then that's when, you know, this started, I started getting tested mentally, uh, shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, you feel like you're never going to throw again. Uh, but again, same thing, you know, have working my butt off and, and, and getting my shoulder right. And, and, uh, talking to guys that I had, uh, rehabbed with and been through it was a huge thing for me because they're like, it, it, you just don't worry about results. Your mm -hmm. arm's going to be up and down. And then, uh, 
but that was uh, another time, you know, that's another thing. I think it's just a test to test your will and, and you know, what you're willing to do to get through this. And then it just, you know, it makes you stronger in the end. And that was the, uh, that was, you know, when I, when I came back from that, uh, I felt like I, you know, nothing, could, nothing could uh, beat me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's another, you know, test, uh, you know, where I, I end up getting traded uh, and I was pumped about the trade because, you know, I, I, I just think I wasn't the same pitcher I was before. So now I get to another organization and I can open up eyes. Um, and then I, when I got released, it was the same thing, you know, just that uh, going through having to go to work and, 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 and just literally sitting there going, I can do this, man. I just got to, you know, I'm, I'm going to prove people wrong, but I'm not, it's not more, it's not about proving people wrong. It's about, I'm going to prove it to myself that I can do this and, you know, and not worry about any of that other stuff. And I think once you, once you, once you understand that you can do anything. Yeah. Right. Is because you, you're out there, you're, you want to open up eyes, but when, if you're not trying to, to prove it to yourself, that's, that's the only person that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once you, once you, you understand that, and, and I, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of guys is they're trying to, they're trying to do it for everybody else for, you know, they're, you know, I remember when I pitched with the, in Anaheim with the uh, first time I went to Chicago, I wanted to do so good for everybody else. You know, I, I want to, you know, but my parents are proud of me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the journey. My buddy's the same thing. They're like, it doesn't matter. Right. you just, you go out there. And then, and then as I, as the next couple of years, I started pitching a lot better in Chicago. So uh, it is because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just, yeah, it was, uh, but that's, I think that's the biggest test that if you, once you, uh, once you stop trying to prove, every, you know, show everybody else or prove everybody else wrong, like just prove it to yourself and, and it makes it a lot simpler. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I, uh, I feel, I feel like we could talk for like eight hours, <laughs> so I'll, oh, yeah. I'll try and, uh, I'll try and segue this a bit, but. I think one, one more questions on the men, one more question on the mental side of things. I wanted to talk about like, it's the world series or you got, you know, 40,000 people screaming at you and it's one guy with a ball. Um, you know, what were some things you did to just, you know, stay locked in and, and focus on what you needed to do? Um, I had, uh, one of my, uh, one of my pitching coaches, Greg Minton in Edmonton, uh, when I got called up, he probably gave me the biggest tip ever. He goes, uh, I was getting, I was getting, we we're, we we're, they were coming back to Edmonton and, I, and, and I'm shaking his hand. My buddy, the guys on my team are saying congrats. He goes, he's like, Potter. He goes, he's like, hey, the only thing different is there's one more deck, mm-hmm. right? It's the same, right? You know, it's like the Hoosiers thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like, and I remember my, my debut against the Indians, uh, uh, Troy Percival told me, uh, don't grab the wall, let the, in, uh, let the guard open the gate for you. Cause if you grab the padding, it's the armor all it, make it shiny and your hands slippery. So I think if there's one more deck and I, and I remember when I was warming up in the pen, I was like, I couldn't even feel my body. Mm-hmm. I threw a couple balls off the rocks. And then, uh, once I ran through the gate, I was fine. Yeah. And, uh, it was just leading up to that moment. You're so, you, you like, I've been, I've been, I've been thinking of that moment since I was uh, probably like six years old, yeah. right? And you play it out like it's going to, it's, uh, you play it out like it's, you, you've done it a million times, but until you actually do it. And I think that's why when I got out there, it was just, you know, I get, it's a base round baseball, it's 60 feet, six inches. And, you know, just, you know, lights are a lot bigger, bigger, bigger stadium. And, uh, and uh, you just gotta you, you go out there, and, and this guys standing in there, it just happens to be you know a lot bigger, better hitters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. But the uh, I just like I had some I had some things that I did uh, where I, I would always pick I, I would always find a sign in the stadium where it kind of got me locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went in the game, I'd throw my warm up pitches. I'd look at it before I started my warm up pitches, and then I'd look at it, look at it after my warm up pitches. And then I had uh, a couple things that I did. I, I didn't like to leave the dirt unless I needed to. I was that was like my uh, the toilet bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'd, fl- I'd go there and flush everything out. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
and, and that, that really helped me. Uh, and, and I think uh, I didn't like to leave the dirt. If I, even if I struck somebody out, it was I strike them out and I kind of try and stay on the dirt, whether I did or not, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but when I was consistent, like my, my tempo was everything, everything was good, but, uh, those were some things. And then, uh, if I gave up a home run, like if I gave up a home run, I always, instead of watching the ball, I would always look in the other opposing dugout and count the guys up on the rail because I didn't want to focus on what I can't control. I wanted to focus on what's actually happening right now. Um, and that, that was another thing, one of, uh, former pitching coach of mine uh said you know because I, I remember literally I used to like I get so angry watching the guy run the bases mm -hmm. and then if I turn around to get the ball from the umpire and I'd be like screaming at the umpire give me the ball yeah you know where the umpire is like trying to get my attention because I'm so locked in on what's actually happening right now and then I you know I'd count them and you know next thing you know, I'm not even thinking of the home run anymore so I, I was able to you know, move on past that. So just little things like that. Uh, but like the sign, like uh, something to, and you know, I sometimes, it, you know, the sign would vary, uh, especially at home. Uh, but it was, it was like, I needed to, you know, get off the mound if I needed to reset, you know, if I, you know, we could, the Ken Revisa called it the toilet bowl. He was our, our, our mental coach and uh, a huge part of, you know, I worked with him in the minor leagues the year before and that was the first time I ever took it serious. Yeah. Right? Cause I was like, you know, cause at the time it was like, Oh, it's, you know, you're, you're going to them cause you're weak minded. Right. But yeah. then when I actually took it serious, uh, it, it, it did wonder, like it, it helped me so much. It yeah. helped me so much, uh, stay in the present and, uh, not worry about things that I can't control. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I like the toilet bowl analogy. Now I'm, I might never look at the mound the same way though. Yeah, and I like guys. Guys would have the guys. Some some guys would draw circles like in the dirt if they played in infield. Like mm -hmm. you, you gotta flush it out. You, you get in that if you make an error, uh, get in there and then you get out. Yeah. Right? Once you once you once you're in there, it's your whatever you're feeling, and then as soon as you step out, you can't come out of the you can't come out of the toilet bowl without with those with those thoughts because you flushed it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's uh. It's, you know, little things, those things. And, and I, I love listening to new stuff, right? Like anything that I can relate to, to try and get some of our guys to, uh, you know, kind of focus on, because sometimes that's the biggest hurdle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they have the stuff they have, you know, but it's the trust uh, in what you're doing and your and trust in your ability. Cause everybody, you know, when you're younger, you try to make everything nastier, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it straightens out and you, now your command, you're up in the zone. Uh, and if you can give them any, any kind of little thing and some, a lot, sometimes it's, that's it. Right. They just, uh, they're so locked in, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, and it's something that uh, I don't think it's, you know, anybody can use it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I'll, we'll go, we'll go two more questions, two more and then mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, and this one, this one was from one of our pitchers. Uh, and he just talked about how, when you were in the league, how did you differentiate between good starts and bad starts or good outings and bad outings? Um, and what were some of the factors you looked at in order to bounce back or prepare for the next start? Um, I think there's ups and downs, like you said, and the ERA, I think some guys see the ERA and they're like, Oh no. But you, like you, I remember you just mentioning, like I was in a hitter's ballpark or if you're in Colorado or something like that, it, it yeah. doesn't always tell the story. So maybe what did you do to reflect and then evolve and grow from that? Uh, well, I just like, uh, you know, and, and I don't know that I would have when I, especially when I was younger, you know, it's all about, you're trying to move up the ranks and stuff. Uh, mm. So yeah, like, you know, certain guys, stuff matters, like stuff, like some guys can, in, especially in, in the minor leagues, some guys, they don't really pitch that good, but they have just unbelievable stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they, they're actually better in the big leagues when they get up there. And then there's guys that have to put up numbers. Well, I, you know, early in my career, I, I put up numbers, but they, I knew I, I knew the team, like the Giants liked me. And then when I get to the big leagues, just understanding my role, that was a huge thing for me, right? Uh, 
and you know Joe Madden, Joe Sosha and Joe Madden, like uh, Buddy Black, my pitching coach. Like, understand your role. Like, when, when you go in the game, you know what your role is. To like, I'm, my first year, I, I, uh, I think for relievers, I think I led the league with uh, not letting an inherited runner score. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, I knew my, I knew what type of pitcher I was. Uh, I knew my strengths. I had to keep the ball down. My ball, you know, had a little bit of sink late. Uh, and you know how I knew how to, you know, how to get guys out. So uh, knowing knowing what your role is and knowing your stuff uh, and understanding how to use it. So for me, uh, you know, if we were up, if we were up, you know, eight to five, or you know, even nine to two, my job is to go try and finish the game. If I'm in there in the fifth or sixth inning, right? Because mm-hmm. you know it's not a safe situation. And if I can save arm, if I can save our 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 guys down in the pen, back end guys, and not have to give them a day off then that then I did I did my job mm-hmm. um now if I if I only had to give them one inning that's doing my job right and anything you know more than one inning was you know through the course of a long season that takes its toll um and the same thing goes uh you know social would bring me in where uh, early in the game where the starter kind of got roughed up and he knew I was really good at it just kind of you know limited in the damage right if it was so if it was you know six six one and they took our starter out and it's the third inning and i'm in there my goal is to, it to be they, that's all they're getting six right and then we can close the gap and then if i did that we tied the if we tied the game or you know i got you know three maybe four innings uh and we got it was a one-run game i did my job um you know so uh you know, now if a one-run game, I pitched some of those, and then if I was starting, my my job as a starter was just to give my ch- team a chance to win. As a spot start, I was trying to go five innings. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and, that, and and that's I think when you simplify it like that, you just I just gotta give my my team a chance to win. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna have I'm gonna get some opportunities to uh, to pitch a lot and and maybe get a couple more starts. Um, and as far as you know, like the, you know come bouncing back after a bad outing. Uh, I, you know, I, I just thought, you know, if you have my mindset was uh, I wanted to be, if I had a bad outing, I wanted the ball the next night. Mm-hmm. I wanted the ball the next night. So my job was to prepare, like I was going to be in there the next night. Um, and anytime that, you know, and I knew my, when I was going to be used a lot of time. Uh, so it, that was a big, big help for me was uh, not, uh, not getting caught off guard, right? So I would, you know, I, the game started, I'm like nice and loose, uh, you know, easy going, like having, you know, fun down in the bullpen. And then once, you know, if it started to come in my situation, you know, that there might be a chance the phone rings and I'm in there, uh, that's when I kind of start, you know, preparing mentally, you know, visualizing a little bit uh, of, you know, just making pitches, like one pitch at a time. Uh, and that was, you know, one of the things that, you know, working with Kenner Visa that I was able to do that, uh, you know, that I didn't think I could do. Right. And that helped a lot. And that helped a lot where, you know, I didn't really have too many funks. Like if I either got my butt handed to me mm-hmm. and it was quick uh, or it was, uh, you know, I, I, I did pretty good. So if I could have, if I could have limited that, those one or two outings a year where it, it was just ugly, you know, my, my numbers might've been a lot better, but, uh, but, you know, I just, you know, just being prepared, that was the biggest thing for me and, 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 and uh, understanding your role, understanding your stuff. And I think that's a lot of times you get to the big leagues and, you know, the guns are juiced up a little bit sometimes. So like, you, you might have been 90, 90, 91 in minor leagues, your first outing, you're probably going to be 94. Mm-hmm. But then now you're back down to 90, 91 and, and you're trying to pitch like you're a 94, 95 guy, right? Yeah. Uh, understanding your stuff. Um, and, and, and staying in that, staying in that, not trying, uh, be too perfect. So, uh, just those are some of the things that, that, that really, uh, that I think, uh, made a difference in, in, you know, me getting, you know, however much time I got up there because, uh, especially after nine years in the minors, like it, it looks very bleak at times, like, you know, mm-hmm. am I ever going to do this? Should I just go to back to the real world, uh, and, and get a normal job and, uh, 
but it's it's something that it built over course of time and uh, it, it's not going to happen when you want it to right yeah. so you got to stick with it and uh, if it, it's going to happen you know the game humbles you like it's not you know I, I always say this like games uh, you just because you work hard doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right? There's a lot more that goes into it. So the gum, the game is going to humble you. Uh, it'll, when, it, when it happens, it happens, but not when you want it to. If, if ever, if it did, then everybody be like, just it would be, wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a that's a life lesson right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm just learning that as I as I finally grow up. But yeah, that's oh a, you know and, and then you learn it as a coach, right? Like you want yeah. you want you want your team to succeed so bad, but it's, it doesn't work that way, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta get you gotta go through those uh, heartbreaking losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you gotta fail. You gotta you gotta fail, and you know, and I think that's when when players understand that, and that's where the, the you know even at the even coaching the, the good players, the kids, and it's not the, it's not necessarily always talent. Like it's just the kids that are consistent. Uh, they they're not afraid to fail, right? And you know they're gonna make mistakes, but it's like they don't let it affect them. They move on, right? And that's the toughest thing as a young player. Uh, so you know, go out there, get hammered. Let, you know get your butt handed to you like you're you know you're throwing strikes like when you're walking people you're you know nobody's ready uh so uh but understanding that and that's that's where i see the biggest difference in guys that are consistent and then like the roller coaster the big you know peaks and valleys right i go nobody likes those you know i'd like to i like to go really fast this way right i just i don't want to go down and up and down so i think uh and that that's the thing that separates kids especially you know in high school that are really good high school players it's just consistency you know and then when those really talented players start to gain that consistency uh and that mental that mental edge uh it's that's when you start seeing some really really good players yeah and that's that's life too when you get into a new field it's like how quick can i learn and the quicker you learn, yeah. the more you know, the more valuable you are, and the more the more people want to come to you and help you out and stuff like that. So yeah, and that, you know, as a coach, you're just trying to give. You're trying to like, and I'm con- you know constantly. I know I send you. I send Frank. Uh, like I'm always constantly trying to, you know, if I see a video because like maybe I'm having a hard time for some reason with, you know, translating what I'm talking about to a kid, mm-hmm. right? Learning, you know, looking, reading a book or seeing something that maybe you'll make that a little bit easier if you're not trying constantly trying to evolve uh and better yourself then you're not it's not really benefiting anybody and i think as coaches sometimes darren erstead uh uh former he was our center fielder uh one of the hardest working guys i ever played with uh we went i went to out to eat with him when we were at the abca uh and i think it was in uh, anaheim the one year i think it was my one of my first year coaching with uh, in fort mcmurray and he had uh, he said when he retired, he was, he ended up retiring with Houston. He goes, when I walked out that door, I walked out backwards and everybody looks at, you know, and he's like, because I didn't, I didn't want to get stung. I didn't want to get stung with the, you know, I played in the big leagues. This game is easy when I go to coach mm-hmm. because the game's not easy. And sometimes when you go, when you played, you know, you've had a long career, you're an all-star, whether you, you know, doesn't matter. Right. Uh, a good coach is a good coach, right? The experiences, you know, they help get you jobs and stuff. But like, if you're not consistently trying to be a better coach, then you're not you're not doing your kids any justice either, right? But that was that's something that stuck with me. Uh, and, and he's the head coach at the University of Nebraska at the time, and, and that's you know he didn't want he wanted his you know kids to understand the game's hard, right? I understand it's hard. Uh, I expect a lot out of you, but I expect you to be aggressive, make mistakes and learn from them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that, that was really cool. That was really cool to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. La- last one. And this is, uh, this is actually new. I'm, I'm trying to spice up the podcast for people so they don't get uh, <laughs> too bored listening to me talk. And uh, here it is. You have 15 breaths or one minute left of time, a little bit harsh, but You've got a group of young, aspiring athletes trying to make make it over the hump, and they want some wisdom from Lou. Maybe you're talking to your kids. Maybe you're talking to the athletes you coach. 
what what are you what advice are you giving for these kids to stand out and and truly reach their potential don't let, I, the biggest thing would be don't don't let uh somebody tell you that you can't oh shoot sorry uh you there sorry. yeah all good. Uh, don't 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 let somebody tell you you can't do anything right uh you always hear that like don't tell you know you know the major leagues is you know that's my goal well that's not realistic right why not mm -hmm. right because if you're constantly striving to to be that player uh or person like you know do you want to be as su successful as you can in the business world right and you're not trying to be uh you know uh the, the owner of the mavericks or whatever his name is uh mark cuban right if you're yeah. not that that's not that, that's your that's what you you want to do like so that's the big leagues is your goal don't let anybody tell you you can't do it right mm -hmm. because you know the, the more you hear that the more you start believing that and i i, I always and, and i think about that all the time because i my you know uh i used to tell my dad that I used to, it was on every paper and uh that i write what do you want to be when you're growing up and i remember a teacher telling me i ah, eat nah. no no like but really what, what do you want what do you want to be and every time i do the same report i want to be a major league baseball player um, and, uh, I think that it, it's a mindset, uh, but with that mindset, there's a lot of work that you got to put in. And I think if that's, you're trying to be the best in any field that you do to be Mark Cuban, to be, you know, uh, all-star in, in major leagues or just a major league player, you're, you're constantly pushing the envelope and you're going to, you're going to try and do everything that you can, because ultimately, uh, when you look in that mirror, you can't lie to yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Uh, but if you're that, but don't, don't let anybody tell you, you can't, you can't do anything. Um, and, uh, but you know that the, you, if that's your goal, that there's a lot of work. Uh, and if you don't make that, like you're still going to be successful yeah. because that's your mindset and, and go out and get it. Don't let anybody tell you can't do anything. And I know it's cliche, but that's honestly the, that's honestly what, uh, you know, I, I hear too many times where, you know, well, that's not, you know, that's not realistic, but why not? Right? You're just telling somebody to, to set his sights lower, you know? Um, now, you know, going through, you know, you should have some goals leading up to that, right? Short-term goals, uh, long-term goals, uh, and be realistic with it and, and, and see where you're at. Because if you're constantly striving to get somewhere, you're going to be closer if, you, if, 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 you, if you're diligent and, and, and your mindset is... is you know, what you want and, and, and you're going to push the envelope to get there. So uh, that's just, you know, that's for me. That's what, that's, that's, that's what I would, that's the advice I would give them. Yeah, that's great. And Lou, Lou puts on Lou, Mark Cuban, LeBron James, they all got two yeah. feet, a heartbeat. They, they're made of the same skin. We're all, we're yeah. all humans underneath it all. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. They, well, got, they got some nice stuff <laughs> yeah they yeah, yeah they got some blessings though for sure yeah um that's that's great and i'm uh so grateful to have this conversation with you um where where can we find and support you i know there's a lot of athletes that are going to be super moved by this and and super happy to hear from you so you know where can we find you i'm sure i don't know if you do online pitching lessons but uh this maybe this will get you some business <laughs> I, you know, like social, like if anybody knows me, I am the word. I couldn't even tell you like my Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's lpoder58. Um, I don't even know. Like uh, Instagram, on Instagram, if I, I add everybody uh, yeah. and I don't have any like funky name. I think it's lpote, but like I am not like you, you think, you know, thank God all I had to do is hit this link. Uh and uh to get on this call because anything more uh but i like i said i'm getting a little bit better at it but any you know any uh my email i guess then you got should I say my email yeah you can for sure uh dot pote that's l-o-u dot p-o-t-e at dogs baseball dot c-a and dogs is d-a-w-g-s uh yeah any questions uh like I said, anybody adds me on Instagram or, or Twitter, uh, even Facebook, I'm, you know, 
I always, I don't turn anybody down. I, I just add, I don't even look. Right. And so I got, I get so many, I get a couple, I get a few viruses here and there, but um, it's all good. Yeah. But yeah. Any, anything, man, I'll answer. Yeah. That's I'm to try to. Incredible. Thank you. So uh, thanks for having me, man. Are you an athlete trying to take your sports career to the next level? Are you trying to secure your spot on an all-star team, college roster, professional roster, or Olympic roster? Are you an athlete who is highly motivated and works hard in the gym and on the field but aren't seeing the results you deserve? That's where I come in. I'm a sports performance specialist and I help athletes separate themselves from their competition through precise, detailed, and meticulous strength training programs. I help you develop the speed, power, strength, and athleticism it takes to stand out and separate yourself from your competition. If this is something you're interested in, head over to my website, instinctperformance.ca, and fill out the online coaching application form, and we will schedule a free consultation to see if you're a good fit. What this looks like. If you get accepted, you'll receive a detailed movement assessment where we test your deficiencies and determine what your strengths and weaknesses are. Number two, you'll have access to an app that I use that outlines the exact exercises, sets, reps, and rest intervals. This app gives you full video breakdown of each movement so you know exactly how to do it. If this is something you're interested in, head over to our website, instinctperformance.ca. Hit us up on social media. Instagram is ip.performance and Facebook is instinctperformance. Thanks for tuning into today's show. Isaiah out.